0: Welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shannon, Mr. Rob, and Zane. Rob had to step out; he couldn't join us for this one. But this should be a really good interview, yo. We're blessed to have New York Police Department Officer Javaro Long join us today for a discussion. And yo, what's up, what's up, Daryl? It's what's hard. Up, to- oh, what's up, Darryl? what's up, Daryl? What's <laughs> up? What's up? What's up? Everything's good. Yeah, yeah, man. Everything is blessed, yo. I, uh, yo, just to give people some, some background information. So, um, me and Gerard was neighbors for uh, probably 20, 20 years. 1215 Union Avenue, 168th yep. Street. I lived in 2D. He lived in 2C, him, his mom, two sisters, brother. You know, yeah. we, we grew up in the hood together, man. Good to see you doing wonderful things, man.
1: Wait, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Real
0: quick, real quick.
1: Sha, I, hey, I remember I have to come down several times throughout the summer, right? When you get off the elevator and make that right, was he on the left or the
0: right of your of, your, of, your, of your when your you, residence? When right. you get off the elevator, you make the right, and my my door is in the corner, and you make the left, his door is in the corner. Okay, so go go on One side of the, yeah, okay, okay. One side of the uh, trash compactor, he was, I was on the right side, he was on the left side. I remember, yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Yo, know, right, so right, it's,
0: right. It's, it's, it's beautiful to, to to see, you know, you brothers doing, you know, doing uh, uh um wonderful things with your life. I was telling you off camera too that you know it was always tears, um in the hood. You know, it's like my age group then you and my younger brothers' age group. You know, out yes, uh, to But I'm just, it's just you know see all your all your cats doing positive things, man. It's amazing, especially where we come from.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a blessing because I always like to use this word epitome. It's like, you know, you're an example of your product. So, to, to people see where you came from, you know, I wasn't a bad kid, I just did bad things. You know what I'm saying?
0: But, nah, man, old, you ain't do bad you had, things. You was all, you I, you do bad I always,
2: things. I, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I always did like devilish shit, like little kid stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's all, that's
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Now you always, well, you no. always, watching you grow up though, man, you always had potential, you was always a leader um and that's why I took, when i found out that he was an officer i'm like yo that's a natural fit for you you know growing up i didn't see you becoming a police officer but now yeah. seeing you as a police officer with your leadership skills it's a, it's a really good fit for you man you're in the right profession
2: i appreciate that you know um i didn't think that i was going to be a cop either one of the things that kind of influenced it was just you know your environment and the things that you've been around and things that you came up in so in the back of my mind it was always there, but I remember having this conversation with my grandfather as a kid. He set me and my cousin on a bed and he said, what do you all want to be? My cousin said a firefighter. I said a police officer. And I said, I didn't want to be a firefighter because I didn't want to burn up in a fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then, you know, you're speaking and we had videotape of that. I don't know where it was, but I still remember it to this day. But just the fact of being, in, but I always love helping people because of the stuff that i seen and growing up in, and growing up and around. So, you know, it was it was a natural uh, thing for me to want to do that. I just looked at it as a way, I couldn't be a rapper my whole life and, and not provide for my family. So I looked at being a police officer, one being influential, and then setting up myself for in the future. So I always thought about the future when I was doing music
0: and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I had you picked for. I thought you would have did something in the entertainment industry. But the good thing is, is that, it, you know, it all flows into fruition.
2: Because I went on from, you know, I was a kid, you know, had the whole, remember I had the whole box shut down, doing the music video and all that. I was torn with the barrier. Before, you know, I had dudes coming from other blocks coming about me. But I really wasn't a battle rapper. I was like one of them smooth, L.L. Nas kind of rappers. that mm-hmm. just wanted to get my point across. You know, I always had a story in my message when I rapped. So that was like my thing, you know. I remember I the shooting on the block. I remember the video in Rakisha's house, you know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of things that I had the door open for me. And the good thing is, I had different people around me that influenced me. You know, I remember recording in Grandmaster Flash Studio. I remember the day walking up into Def Jam, meeting with the president. You know, uh, I, I interned at Jive Records. I was there the day PD Pablo got signed. I used to work with Chris slightly. So, I was that kid listening to the demo tapes and all that stuff like that. So, it's not you a lot know, in yeah, man, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had the pleasure of, of being in there, you know, seeing how the A&R work, you know, knowing the difference, A&R, you know, artists and repertoire and what they full function is and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was blessed then. I went on and dated Stevie Wonder's daughter and I got cool with him too. Get
1: out of here, yo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, A play lot play of people, love... daughter? yeah. Man. A lot of people- hate when I
2: you know what's funny. No matter who you with, no girl went in here. Oh, you used to date Stevie Wonder's Because it's like the highlight reel. Really. You know, but every situation I look at everybody as everybody. You know what I'm saying? I used to hang, but it's it's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a good look. I used to hang out with George Clooney, Barbara Walters. You know what I'm saying? It was it was, it was I I remember being in Atlantic City watching them perform or standing backstage at the with Al Sharpe. Watching Stevie Wonder on stage, you know. So these are memories. These are it's like memorabilia. Nobody can
1: erase that from you. You know what I'm saying? I tell you what, brother, man. Shout out, What's shout up, out man? to Stevie Wonder. Shout out to George Clooney. But George Clooney got a, a great. I think it's either a vodka or a, a tequila that's out. I don't mm-hmm. know if you got it yet. But it's
0: excellent. It's excellent. Nah, I drink the water. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so how, how long have you been on the police force now? Uh, 16 and
2: a half, 16 years and in a couple of days it'll be five months. So wow. January 10th, January 10th of next year will be my 17th year and then I have officially three years left Damn. if I want to retire. So I always out. put that in. I started out working in an office job, uh, actually a parking garage. My mentor, Craig Harwood, he owned, uh, him and his family owned Shea Stadium parking, they owned the Madison Square Garden parking. So I had, again, it was always people around me that believed in my potential and became my mentor. And, you know, he helped me graduate high school, put me in college. And, uh, you know, he's been in my life since I was uh, 15. So he took me 20 plus years of a relationship. And this is an individual, you know, that taught me how to sit at the table, how to eat. He introduced me to stocks and stuff like that. So, you know, he's a philanthropic. He's a screenwriter. You know, he's a movie director. And, uh, you know, so he changed my life. he was just one of the the, the the epitomizing people that came into my life that I was lucky. I remember when he first came to the block and my boy, Malcolm, was in his house. We was outside. I'm like, yo, won't you come to the meeting? He's like, I don't know who that white dude is, but he didn't want to get in the car to go down to town. But I but I, but I, I was lucky enough to get it. You know what I'm saying? And he changed my life. Then I went on to speak at uh, Tavern on the Green got uh, gathering ward from David Dinkins. You know, I, I stood in front of Bank of America, Citibank and all these other financial groups supporting the organization which is called Unlocking Futures that changed my life. It's a mentoring organization. So while I was running back and forth on a block, I was in a mentoring program that pretty much changed my life, that set the way for me to be where I am today. Yeah. So so those are some of the things that you know that uh, that, that changed my life. And you know when you're around good people and people, yeah, I'm sorry. Nah, go ahead, go ahead brother. Go ahead. You no, know, when you're around good people, and you still battle those, those demons because some people take it as arrogance and cocky. But I always say, where I came from, if you didn't have that chip on your shoulder, you know you could have succumbed to anything. So that was part of my repertoire. I was that kid, it's like you said, yo, brother. I appreciate the tracksuit, but I remember when I couldn't afford that. I was watching shenan and his brothers with every Nintendo game and. You know what I'm saying? I remember, mm. uh, Shanann could have to this. I remember Kareem, Shanon's best friend. You know, mm-hmm. introduced cousin, me. Yeah. He's like, yo, I just said, I just, I just saved up a G. D. I'm like, you say what's a G? And he was like, it's thousand dollars. I ain't know what a thousand dollars was. You know what I'm saying? He was the first yeah, the yeah. one to tell me what a thousand dollars was. So, you know, little things like that you remember. You don't forget. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. so way back, way back when when you was going through that transition. Was there like a uh, specific person that gave you the tutelage in order to for you to transition your mind state to see the bigger picture?
2: Everybody, man. If it was somebody around me that said, yo, you're going to be something. If it was somebody mm-hmm. around me, you know what I'm saying, you're a handsome little boy or whatever, anybody that said something positive to me, I just took that and ran with it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anybody, because that's what you do. You... you I remember, you know, coming home from the studio. Actually it was Grandmaster Flash's studio. And you know, my mom she used to drink a lot. And I remember coming and she was my mom was intoxicated and I was so pissed off. But my mentor looked over, my manager looked over at me. He said, You know what you're doing? You're in the process of breaking a cycle. I ain't get that, mm. but I got it as I grew. Because he said you're in the process of breaking a cycle. So you'd be like, what, what is that? What cycle are you breaking? You know, but you had to be there to believe it. And I broke the cycle. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, since you've been, I guess, um, involved with policing, you know, and I look at, your, look at your Instagram and I see, man, you're doing amazing things as a police officer. You're doing things that people probably don't envision police officers doing. So I'm wondering, since you've been on the force, have you noticed that there's been a shift and more emphasis placed on community relationships?
2: Absolutely, because that's where the change happens. It has to start from within and work way well you know just being in law enforcement and i'm speaking on you know on my behalf of it not the whole you know uh police force is it has to you're not going to save everybody you're not going to influence everybody but as as you noticed it other people notice it too
0: mm-hmm. yeah. you know so it, it
2: it comes it comes with change and as long as people see it you know what i'm saying they, they will respect it and appreciate it and just being able to do the music and DJ and do all the things that I'm doing. I love it. You know, when I'm setting up with people or seeing that or seeing me spinning music or playing that old school music, just because of what I learned and what I've been around, that's dope.
1: So yeah. speaking upon the um, hip hop influence in your life, right? Can you give us yeah. uh, a top five that was the inspiration to you as far as the picking up the pen? Uh, I would always it could say be, like, it, you know, it could be It could be current or back in the day, whatever it is. You know, it was
2: always like Big Daddy Kane. You know, I like Jay-Z, I like Nas. You know, I, I grew to love Biggie because Tupac was always my favorite. You know, I remember back in 92 again, my man Malcolm, when I came back from DC, he was like, yo, you heard Craig Matt? I'm like, who? who's Craig Matt? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's that? And then when I played Flavor In Your Ear, I loved it. But I was more so like, who uh, <laughs> was I uh, at that time? It was a song. It wasn't CL Smooth because 92 was a big era for hip hop. But it's definitely you was know it, CL, was it CL, it
1: P-Rock, solo CL Smooth.
2: If it, it was uh heck, I, you, you caught me with that. But I was mm-hmm. saying Jay-Z Nas, Tupac, uh um, P-Rock CL Smooth. You know I'm an old school dude. I like the new school, it but is. then anytime I'm DJing, you're gonna hear it. You're gonna see me play Al Green, switch it up, play Luther Vandross, switch yeah. it up, Diana Ross. Then go yeah. and play something from the Jackson 5 or or something like that. Or uh, what's that, Bobby Wormack. Uh What's this guy's name? If you think you love me, lonely now. Yeah. Wait until tonight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. 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 I've been doing all
0: that. because. So, so. you, you so, hear, okay. is this is this this is an initiative that you took upon yourself, or this is something that the the, the department supported you with? So here's the thing: we were doing um, a lot of different events in the park,
2: and in light of everything that's going on, and to be a part of change. I'm like we we planning these events and we're trying to interact with the community. But I noticed when we was going to the park, we didn't have no sounds. So it's like I rap, I DJ. So I just took my own money and I bought the speakers, I bought my own generator, and voila. See here's the thing in life, right? Nobody's gonna come looking for you. It's like if you if you're a dope MC, how i got into a lot of the music stuff i was always at every talent show i was always at every seminar i would talk my way in and so i went and i bought my own equipment so it looks cool seeing a cop in uniform DJing in a park and he knows his music i had a guy mm. tell me he was like do you, do you, do you dj or just play music i said listen a dj that scratches is not a dj a dj has to know music and i know music so go have a seat but it was all in the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I tell you I'll tell you I tell you what, brother man, being that being that you brought up the DJ and scratching and stuff like that, you know a lot of producers right. are prior DJs and still active DJs. Like do you have a top three uh 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 as far as for uh beat makers? Uh
2: you know, I, I love Kanye West. I thought you were gonna ask him about DJs. I was gonna say, you know, you always gotta oh, go with whoa, that go. That, you got to go with that duo tape because that was classic Ron G. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That SMS joint. I remember doing a talent show at SMS and they beat me because they was uh, Ron G. The, uh, our,
1: our first our first interview ever mm. last year. Yeah, Ron, okay. well not okay. our but the first the first celebrity. I I, I put it right. that way. Right, right, That's like, dope, man. Yeah. Um, I love
2: Kanye West beats. I love Just Blaze. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Pete Rock Rock does some dope beats. DJ Premier, you gotta name him. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm blank on that one for a little bit right now. But then, what, what about when you hear it. Pro? what about What about Lars Pro? Professor. See, boom. That was one of the tapes that I used to I used to bump. Large uh, Professor, was it Positive K? All them joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Large Professor was the joint. Yeah. And you know who I really love? Chubb Rock. Treat him Right. That was jump rock on the team <laughs> in the green and pocket full of green yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's, and a,
1: he's, definitely he's
0: definitely on yeah, great verses he's definitely so a lot Man. of people when they listen okay. go ahead finish finish what you're saying no nah, i said so when
2: a lot of people talk about the new rappers and stuff and you know, i'm not i'm not one of those guys because even though i'm i'm old school i'm still new school too so i bump everything but you know i just gravitate towards what i know as far as the old school like i'm You'll see me DJing playing James Brown, the big payback because that beat is hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So I, I, I go all over, honestly, I go all over the place. And now when you DJ, you gotta have like the versatility. So it's like uh, you gotta play the Spanish, you gotta play the reggaeton. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now I, I had the, um, the pleasure of working for an organization. and They had created a program called uh, ypi youth police initiative this was, this was some years ago and the sole purpose of the program was me me and somebody else as the um the facilitators we would go in and we would have a three-day meeting with teenagers in the community and police officers and the premise of it was just get making sure that teenagers had an understanding of what police officers responsibility were and police officers had the uh, opportunity to interact with the teenagers in a manner that was an unthreatening manner. And it really yielded some success. Like, we would do pre and post surveys about the teens' attitudes towards police. Um, but one of the things that I noticed, because we, we we would do it in Mount Vernon, is that we would get the same police officers over and over signing up to participate in it. And that, that kind of clicked for me and told me, like, the people that we have coming in, to interact with the kids are not really the people that we need to have in there. We need to have the people that have this bias against interacting with the kids in to hopefully try to invoke okay. some change. So I'm wondering, are you guys doing anything like that at the police department now? I know from what you said, it sounded like it was scripted, but... um was- Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But they're they doing it, they're mixing it up. And that was one of the things that the Reverend talked about in Harlem was, you know, don't send the officers that you know gonna answer the questions the right way. So many officers, you know, that's going to get caught off guard with it. And I like that. And they are starting that back. YPA. It's called YPA. You said YPI. So back yeah. then it was probably YPI, but now it's YPA. So um, that transformation is, is happening right now as we speak. Absolutely.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, that was like one of the armed um, programs. I really thought that was a dope program. And we did it in Mount Vernon. We did it in Yonkers. We did it in Spring Valley. We did it in Port Chester. We were doing it everywhere where we believed that there was a huge influx of kids of color and there were um offices that weren't necessarily officers of color with the intentions of bridging the gap and, and helping a relationship some of it for the most part well but like i said the the hindrance that we have is that we would the same officers wanting to volunteer to sign up to, to participate in it um from your perspective do you guys it's like is it mandatory that they ask officers to participate in these particular trainings,
2: or is all that stuff uh, involved? It's, it's, it's volunteer, you know, again, um, speaking on my behalf and, and how I see it uh, from what I do, is uh, it's officers that you engage in that, that want to be there, that want to, you know, and sometimes you want the officers that do not have that experience or interacting with the community, but, you know, Nothing is for us, man. man. You know, it's all volunteer. From where I see it, it's all mm-hmm. volunteer. And you want to be around people that uh, that don't have to be pushed to do something that they love. It was a famous quote that Eric Thomas said. He said, when you are doing what you love without getting paid, then you'll be successful. But if I got to pay you to do what you love, you'll never be successful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And oh. that comes from that. Sorry, I got You got it.
0: Finish saying what you're saying.
2: So, you know, I'm working on a lot. I was, My cousin's a doctor in Peoria, Chicago, I just found out. And he, he uh, helped get the mayor elected. And he's on the board of directors at Morehouse College. So he called me with a kid that was undecided about what he wanted to do with his life. And he thought that the conversation with me would help influence that. So I got invited to actually go out to Chicago and, you know, talk to uh, the mayor as far as what we're doing here and as far as the organizations. It's, but you know, it's not organizations, because here's the thing, I've been doing this my whole life. So it has nothing to do about, you know, just law enforcement, that passion, that drive comes from what I've been through. So it's it's in me. So showing up to work and doing it, like with my eyes closed, you know, it comes with hate. Yeah.
0: Hey, well, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I was yeah, saying, how yeah. do you deal with that? How do you deal with
2: that? You know, just a lot of things, I, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers. And then, you know, I got good people around me. So when I feel down or I feel like, you know, somebody knocked me off my focus or like, why would they hate on me? Like I wouldn't hurt a fly. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no I ain't seen, but it'll look like you running with it by yourself. But here's my thing, my favorite concept is this. There's a lot of people you could bring to the meeting. They could, they could drive you. They could sit in the driver's seat, passenger seat, walk up in the elevator with you. As soon as you get in that hole, you're like, yo, wait right here. I'm going to go in there and have this meeting. When I get out, I'm going to tell you what I had the meeting about. Because not a lot of people are meant to sit at the table with you. hmm Yeah,
0: that's a fact. So yeah, so yeah. look, so how do you deal with the hate if you get it on both sides? So you may get the hate from your colleagues, but then having to deal with potential hate from the community. How do you work through you
2: know, that? Because CDJ said, you can never look like what you're going through. And I'm a self-motivated individual, so it's like, I'm human like anybody else, but I just keep doing it more, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like somebody that's trying to punk you. It's like, all right, cool, keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the same. It's the same way I use that word. All right, keep doing it. I'm keeping shining. Like it's not cockiness. My light is always going to shine, and I was destined for this and, and something greater. You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People don't want to hear stuff like that. Not at all. Well, I know. I know one of the one of the major things that's uh, that that is a catalyst out there as far as crime and stuff in Chicago or any high volume even small towns the small towns that we don't even know about is gang violence what right. do you see is the main difference between the stuff that goes on out in Chicago and the stuff that goes on in New York and LA and do you feel that uh, there uh, are, they, are they, well, is I'm, I'm sure they are but can you uh, educate the viewers on the programs that, that they have available if any
2: uh, well from what I do you know, without saying any names, it's, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We, got a, we got an organization that we're starting and it's called Options. So it allows young people ages uh, 13 and up to learn skills and earn a stipend, uh, rather be photography, computer programming. Mm-hmm. So this the new things that are, it's developed, but to spread it out across, it's in the process of that happening so we're just developing things that the community needs or what the youth need so based on what you want we'll work on it and try to develop it and get it out there
1: right
2: um you know like even with podcasts or technology web design So these are some of the things that we're behind it but we're allowing the youth to run it Good. but most importantly is staying consistent and just being an air being a mentor sometimes you can shoot all day long but you know you can Practice, but what happens when you miss? You gotta have something else that you can go towards, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to be that 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 guy, that influence, because it was done for me, and I'm gonna give it back to uh, individuals that otherwise, you know, don't have it. And I can relate because I'm a product of my environment. Yeah, it's
0: you know, with, with last year with the um, with everything with COVID going on, and there was no summer youth. Um, did you did you think that that had like a, a profound impact? on kids in the inner city with there being no summer youth program last year? Slightly, you know, everybody
2: improv, based on everything that was uh, going on, it was all about improvisation because you had to find something else to do with the hoops being taken down or nowhere to play. So you start to find another things to do, but it definitely impacted, you know, it it impacted everybody, you know, uh, across the board. So everybody just had to improvise.
0: Yeah, I just ask that because I know I feel like that when you have a young person engaged in activities, especially activities that they can get compensated for, like it really helps prevent them from getting into trouble.
2: Uh, it's another vehicle of motivation to stir mm-hmm. them in a you know different direction. As long as they admit it, they'll see the benefit from it.
0: For sure.
1: Yeah, based upon a lot of the, you know, stuff that's going on out here, uh, with, yeah. uh, Uh, You know, you got adults getting gunned down, you have children getting gunned down. I was doing some research and they have this company, I I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, it's called Rap Technologies. And with Rap Technologies, instead of an officer uh, shooting out a bullet or a rubber bullet, they have this device that shoots out a cable to apprehend whomever they feel that they need to apprehend. Uh, really? Now, with, 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 with that going on, do you do you do you think that that's something that's uh, that the police department universally, not just in uh, the you know in the U.S., but overall like in the world would incorporate? Uh, you know, if it's successful,
2: it decreases the likelihood of. You know, people that are dying that should not die, and absolutely, I think anything that's left sleeping that should happen. Right. Anything that can be implemented to, you know, to decrease that. You know, danger is still danger, no matter how you spin it. But it, uh, it's just like having a teaser. You know, Learning to use that. It's a non a non spice. But you know, it's on a case by case basis. But just having that tool accessible, yeah. I always say this, right? If you create an option, you have a choice. But if you don't create it, you don't have it.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, from, from a police officer's perspective, what was your thoughts on the whole George Floyd tragedy? You know, it was, it was unfortunate. It was something that shouldn't happen. It was something that could have been prevented.
2: That's just like, you know, a, a, a fight with your friends. Like, nah, man, you know, you're going to hurt them or you're going to kill them. But that wasn't your intention. Your intention, but it looked that way. And when certain things happen, now you got to deal with the consequences. And here we are today.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing I'll ask you also is, I'm sure you've seen a video of Makaya Bryant with the police officer and everybody saying, well, how come he didn't try to disarm her with the knife and everything? Like, can you walk us through as a police officer, you you come on the scene, like, how does that play out in your head? Because we seeing the replay, the tape of it, and we looking at it, we dissecting it. But I would imagine
2: from a police officer's perspective, you literally have a couple of seconds to make a judgment call. Absolutely. I, from my perspective, when I saw the video at home, I was basically thinking like it was a couple of seconds sitting on a judgment call to say instead of pulling out You know, some people say I, I would shoot. She had a knife. She had a knife. But you know, you've seen tons of videos. Me personally, you know, as a as a regular person, not even in law enforcement, it's like all right, grab a her. Tackle her something in that miss. Yeah, you're putting yourself in harm's way, you're putting yourself in harm's way every day, but uh, just jumping out the vehicle was a little bit, you know what I'm saying, it was, just, it was just, it was right there, it was just that moment that you could have just, for a second, you know, you could have tased, you know, I don't know, you're just gonna taste. or even if a shot was let off, it didn't have to be that many.
0: Four shots, right, it was like four shots, right?
2: Yeah, it didn't have to be, in my opinion, it didn't have to be that many.
1: Now, with that being said, how often, like when, when you know, when you have tragedies such as that and numerous other tragedies that happen, and when it comes to the interaction with police and uh, you know, people in the public, how often do uh, the force incorporate or train other officers to react in a certain way to where the antecedent can be something totally different than from you know, pulling out their gun and stuff like that?
2: You know, training is training. All of that's the, the the bulk of your question is in that individual. You know, even go to I could you could teach me to lift weights every day, but if I go home and drink beer, drink eat burgers, and show up with a fat stomach, you like yo. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just you get you get the analogy. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like you can give somebody the tools, but it's up to them to use
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is in life, right? Theory and practice. Like, you have some people that are wonderful. I'm sure they're wonderful. You know, the university says that they're a great doctor, but when it comes to actually working with people, you know, it says something completely different. Yeah. It's, it's like when i want to do plastic surgery, right? Dr. Miami or any other doctor that's hidden
2: somewhere in DR, he's a great doctor, success rate. But that one time he slips up, you're like, oh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's... <laughs> No matter how much you practice, no one could ever tell you, hey, you know, your booty going to look right.
1: (laughs) Now, 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 stop! bring up, bring up, Bring up, uh, it was something you, you brought up uh, several times through other other episodes. Talk about that. Oh, the insurance? The whole, yeah, the insurance premium for, for Yeah, so You know,
0: this is, this is one of the things that I thought about, and I don't know if this is something they talk to you guys about at the police department, but um, one of the things I was thinking about that would probably help to reduce some of these incidents is if they made police officers have their own personal insurance to be police officers. So if you... I mean, if you found neglectful or something like that, rather than people suing the city or the, the municipality, they sue your insurance and your rate skyrockets. After a while, officers who weren't, who weren't thinking before they did these different actions, their premiums would be so high, they'd be uninsurable and that would probably get them off the force. So what they, what
2: they came up with and what has came out was uh, no immunity. So it's, it's something similar to what you're saying that was passed, that they come out, yeah. And I always say that even with the body cameras, the only people that care about that is people that constantly get in trouble. Yep. If, you, if, you're doing, if you're doing your job right, and you're policing with an effectiveness and a care for the community, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, people wanna beat you in because man, you're guilty about who you associated with. If you know no police department from you hanging out on a corner with five or 10 friends, but your man robbed them, but your man shot them. That's the same concept with police. It's just that you got a badge and a gun on. It. So, what's the yeah. difference if your man robbed or shot somebody or walked up into your neighborhood and did something? You ain't going to say all those kids is good, or, all those kids is bad, you don't know he did it. But in the flip side, you know, what I do for a living is like all of them are bad. Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know something, though. One of the one of the mistakes that I think that um, that police departments make in general, and this is just my opinion. I'm not law enforcement, obviously, is that I think that they try to take this um, quick fix approach to community relations by saying we need to hire more blacks and Latinos and put them in that neighborhood. And I think I get it, but that's to me like if if it's some if it's a systemic issue, you could put somebody Asian, you could put black. Without you for whoever it is, if there's a systemic issue, the race doesn't determine the effectiveness right. of the police.
1: You're
2: right. You know, it's it's a small term fix or a long term thing. Um mm-hmm. but you have to start somewhere and with, whatever level that they want to start at, or just in anything, you know, it's like you hire a guy, you keep your business keeps getting robbed by the same guy, you hire one, you keep getting robbed. You gotta start find ways to fix it. You know what I'm saying? Or your apartment keeps getting burglarized. You put mm-hmm. one lock, that doesn't work. You're gonna keep altering it. You're not gonna move, you're just gonna find better ways to protect yourself. So it's the same concept with law enforcement. You're adjusting based on what's happening. Uh, there's too many officers across the board to police just one or a group or a few. You just gotta start refining it within. And how do you do that? You, you find... Uh, better quali- qualified candidates to adjust that. And again, you can't police everybody. You can't, you're not gonna change anything, but if you start somewhere, and, and that's just, just, you know what, it's a long-term fix. Anything is a long-term fix. You go into business, long-term. You want your profit, it's a long-term. you invest into stock. It's a great stock, but it's a long-term gain, not a short-term.
0: Mm. And do you think that the police department is, um, they open to that evolution? Or saying like, we have to continue to put in that work?
2: Yes sir, it's happening now. It's happening right now. You know, a lot of people do not see it, but it's happening now, I can tell you that. I can tell you that it's happening now. Because accountability is starting to show up.
0: That's what I was just about to say. I was gonna say, like, is is the change now out of necessity because of the backlash? Or is this something that was on people's, this was in people's mind before all of this stuff started happening? Because last year it was hot for the police department. Mm
2: -hmm. Because you know what? A lot of things necessarily don't happen here in New York but it wavers over. And then you gotta deal with it. You know, you get associated. It's like, I didn't rob them, my friend did. It's an association. So, you know, if that's, how, that's just the way it works. And we gotta, you know, you gotta adjust to it. And that's what has been happening, adjustments. It might sound like the people that are not within, but I can tell you that it's happening because I'm at the forefront of that change. And it's, you know, little old me with my little old friends, but eventually somebody's gonna get it.
0: hmm yeah. So how, how come um you know how come what you're doing and I don't know if it is, is this should be a national policing model that you that they should have more officers that go out and actually do these type of different outreach and engagement in the community.
2: Because in the beginning before we started this recording, I said it, it, it comes from passion, it comes from love. And then you you, you know you, you get a small few and then you get others. So it's hard. It's like when they say teaching an old dog new tricks. So it has to be altered in a small portion to affect the masses. And that's what, is, I believe that's what's happening. There's a lot of internal stuff that happens in law enforcement that a lot of people do not see. And, um, and and that's the problem. And then it, it looks corny because it looked like it's being pushed out now based on everything Ooh. that's happening. It's always been there, it just wasn't pushed heavily the way that it should have been pushed from jump. Because not a lot of people like change, you know that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then probably now it's at the forefront for public relations purposes. So now the muscle, people get behind it and they want it out there.
2: But the good thing about me is that it's not make-believe. I was always here because mm-hmm. I was, I'm a product of everything that's happening, that was happening. So, you know, I'm trying to alter it a little bit. So I go out and be speaking against, you know, I'm having these different Zoom chats speaking about what's going on and the different things that we're doing, you know? So I'm, I'm all about change and it's all about not reinventing the wheel but just inventing things that can uh, continue to be a difference and be an influence.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: What would you say is the main contrast in comparison of uh, how 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 uh, people interacted with police from the the eighties, nineties, and right now to the two thousands?
2: Uh, you know, I'm born in '79, so to see it to be on my side and what I do. it's more thought-provoking conversations at random. People stopping you, they talking to you, they engaging, they praising you for the work you do. And it's not based on race or anything like that. They genuinely see what you do and they support you and they they love what you do. So when a kid, you know, stops and says hi or give you a thumbs up, that's the highlight me. I I think that's the most beautiful part about it.
0: Yeah, you know what's always been funny to me? How people are critical of law enforcement until they have to call law enforcement. Have you noticed
2: that? Of course, of course. You hear it. You You know, you hear it. Listen, all my encounters with police were bad since I was a kid. And I just so happened to become a cop because I wanted to be part of change. I got stories for days, you know, growing up in the South Bronx. So not every encounter was not, none of the encounters were good. But you know, look, I'm part of change. Mm-hmm. it's like sitting home saying there's no jobs. like sitting home saying why don't you know black people get together and open up businesses nope but guess what they'll go to Instagram and count how many likes they got but nobody cares about them. you know what I'm saying but they'll worry <laughs> about the likes and complain about this one and that one but it's like alright imagine that a, a thousand likes or fifty thousand likes imagine you got a dollar from every one of them that helped you start a business and they all became partners or y'all all got together and came up with an idea and y'all all became partners But nobody wants to do that
0: well you know why nobody wants to do that because it's easier to Monday morning quarterback and critique people than to actually be, you know do actionable things like some people are really good at being judgmental and telling other people what they should do and there are other people who just they act and they're about tangible things Exactly. So, you know, that it's, you
2: know, I always say that it, it's always easy to point the finger at something bigger because it's easy to to attack that. But nobody's mm-hmm. worrying about that little bee. They want to go and, what's up in that high? I bet you there's more bees up there. It. Meanwhile, it's the little one on the floor that killed everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you said that, and I tell people that also, it's, I think just, um, as people we've been conditioned to think about um individual versus industry or individual versus um whatever the larger entity is and naturally people need to root for for the little guy so it's a lot easier to kind of take the, the position of the little guy over the industry and sometimes it can be like you said in fact sometimes and i'm not even applying this to law enforcement i'm just talking in general right. sometimes it can be the little guy who stirred the pot and done all these things, but people are always gonna say, well, you're the you're the industry, you're you're the big entity. You can afford to absorb whatever the blow is rather than the, the little guy. And That's I think really that good. if we if we shifted that mind, that that mind state, then that would lead to everybody having to be accountable for their actions. Um, And frankly I don't know if people are ready for that I think a lot of people are just It's just very easy to kind of point the finger Matter of fact we were talking I think like A couple of weeks ago we were talking about um, P. Diddy and Black Rob And we were talking about how people felt that P. P. Diddy should have been doing more for Black Rob And everything that's going on And I was saying like why do we automatically assume That P. Diddy wasn't doing stuff For Black Rob you know why because we view P. Diddy as a billionaire with all These resources and we looked at Black Rob as being somebody who was in a, in a difficult position, so we automatically say, How come the person with all the resources is not doing for the person who doesn't have the resources? We just make that it's assumption, not knowing if he was or not. It's like
2: my mentor, you know, he's well off, but his money is not my money. My struggle mm-hmm. is not his struggle, but he took on the responsibility of some of the things that I was dealing with to help me out. So you can't let him, man, you know, he's a white guy with a lot of money. Why don't he do this? Why don't he do that? But it's like, nah, I gotta. He always said, you know, you always knew what you wanted. That was just an option in your life. So you have to show, you have to show the willingness to change before somebody's just going to jump in and lay out the red carpet all the time. That's just not how it goes, you know? Yeah. It's, and he, it's, it's, he, you
0: know what he was doing? He was teaching you how to fish for yourself.
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And I got that. I got that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know that's exactly what he was doing, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, man. We all, we guys.
2: Uh, yeah. No, no, no. i just said. I just appreciate you guys, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, and uh for doing what he's doing and you know, just having a podcast. I was so excited about even doing it, you know.
0: Yeah. I just wanted
2: to say I just to say that.
1: Thank you, man. Man, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. uh now from the outside looking in, you know it's a lot I'm of sure. various stuff that goes on with uh police and them, you know, interacting with uh people out there in the community. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. Police officers don't even know if they're gonna even make it home. Highly stressful, etc. Now, throughout the three hundred sixty-five days, what do you what do you feel is the most stressful two holidays that you have to go through within the three hundred sixty-five days? Is it New Year's? No, Uh, just when uh, New
2: Year's. It's cold.
1: yeah me, it's just
2: cold it's cold times. swear mm-hmm. you know what's so funny I don't I don't get bent out of shape with this man I have been mm-hmm. called all kind of names and my feelings are uh, detached from the negative of course, it, it bothers you be something a stand. as long as you know who you are, but that comes from within confidence. so there's no training mm-hmm. class for that. you already got to come set like that. It's like a man you know what I'm saying you can have a baby. you can have, you could be a father because you produce a child but can you really be a father? You know what I'm saying? So it's like nobody can't make you want to do that. You gotta, that. That's one more thing. That's natural. It's like when uh some animals and lions and all that, or when a bird lays his eggs, he go back and go get the food, come sit on his eggs, and he protects it. Nobody can't make you want to do that. Better, that's natural, man. Yeah. I mean, you
0: know what you it, it must take a lot of being able to not personalize stuff to be a police officer. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But you know what? It's, a lot of it comes from your environment. It preps you
2: for so the blessing is my product of my environment now if you came yeah if you came from somewhere else you know what i'm saying somebody step in your shoes or you might cry or you might you know get all emotional you know what i'm saying but nah that don't bother me, bro
0: yeah. i'm
2: just different man i'm just
0: different and i guess that's why sometimes it comes with the hate Mm-hmm. Well, tell Tell us about this um this podcast that you're working on, man. So pretty much, it's, it's more so about having a youth run it. It's about um, having a youth interview
2: the guests. I am going to be spread out, where I interview and talk to different people in the community. Because the first step of change is understanding the conversations that are happening in the community. You think just because you're a police officer or you come from a particular neighborhood, you don't have all the answers. You know, it has to start from changing within. And, and how that happens is when you have. To- open conversations. And what better way, you know, over a podcast, sitting at a table, having open dialogue. It's like a community meeting, but you're having a microphone, and you're having a live audience.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, look, if there's anything that we could do or if I could do, you know how to reach me, man. I'm more than That's willing right. to, to, to extend, you know, to extend myself and put myself out there because I know there are many kids that grew up in the same environment that we did that need to be able to see, you know, that there are there are other options of, to make it out of the hood. You know, even if you don't rap or you don't play ball, there are other things that you can do right. with your life.
2: Yeah, rap, rap was only a, a, a tool, but I was good at communicating, I was good at facilitating, I was good at networking. So I put myself out there, and I'm a product of my environment, I'm a product of an example of what change looks like. So, you know, anybody out there that wanna be a part of change. You know, if anything, let me be the first step in being that change. Or you know, you can go look at the YouTube video under my same name, Javaro Mm
0: Hall.
2: You can see all the videos, the Apollos, um, a lot of stuff that I've done with uh, the PAL, performing at you know Giant Stadium, Yankee Stadium, um, the Christmas tree life So I'm still doing things, and it's not always rapping. It's just again always being in a position of being in the live life. So what's for you is for you. I mean,
1: that's how it is, you know. Yeah, that's dope, Desi. I want, hey, I tell you what, I want you, I want you to hit some spit, spit, spit one of your favorite 16, man. You got a 16 for us tonight, bro. Hot double. 13 scots,
2: double <laughs> milk crates and dice. Decided your life, Four more blessings and blessings. Role models, where it was the neighbor. Do me a favor because your stomach growled. Lemonade made from scratch. Kool-Aid with a lot of sugar. Candles with no lights. The horses where we have fights. Bad habits, easy to pick up. Conversations, they gave us hiccups. Watch your back, cause the bully lurks every day saying your prayers. Some days you miss a church. French, great success, play on repeat. To so the baby return. <laughs> box rap, kick back a color. Hey, fella, leaders was better than Reebok. Favor over K less, cause nights was
1: more stress.
0: Yo, you know, you know hey, what? i tell you what, hey, Shy, i tell
1: so, you what. He so. was ready for that question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that came immediately. them came immediately. let me tell you, let me tell you, he, yeah. yo, he stayed ready as a as a kid. He stayed ready, like the dude yeah. just yeah. loved. Always good stuff, music. good yeah. stuff too, man.
1: He's I heard I heard the lyrics. The, but
2: told you the story. You know, lemonade, Kool Aid with no sugar, candles with no lights. The four we had all of that was on 15 Union Avenue. So it's, that's Ooh. the story, you know, uh, uh, Kool-Aid by our sugar. It was the neighbor, do me a favor. It was knocking mm-hmm. on Janice's door, the neighbor. Yo, we we need bread for peanut butter and jelly, yo. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's,
2: in, it's in the story, man. Everything is in the story. Nice. That's, that's all that's from 12:15. So all, a lot of the raps come from that block. Yeah. Because it's true. We're working on something now. Um, I'm starting it off, and they're singing. It's it's uh, it was like a heart, like you breaking up with your girl. And I came up with this: Destiny's falling in line. I'm trying, please, what I believe, second chances. We both played but different beats. And then yeah. it goes. In, I I had more, but it was like that. Destiny's falling in line. I'm trying, please, what I believe in second chances.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yo, man, I, 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 think I think it's dope that you're doing what you're doing. It's dope that you're working with the kids. I think I think that you should probably re- retire when you get your 20 years brother and okay. you know find something else to do in another sector that gives you an opportunity to fully work on your entertainment Skills yeah, and so, to me that seems to be a passion like watching you grow up I knew man. it was always about entertainment and now I see everything that you're doing with the youth in the community if you can merge that together man that'd be a good of thing of course I had somebody actually tell me that it's like yeah I see what you're doing okay. and it was a higher ranked
2: person and like I see what you're doing and it's a good are lining yourself up for later is that because mm-hmm. you're doing amazing work and you can just appreciate that? Um another rap that I wrote is called it's About Being a Lisa. So long chips, complaints with a long list. It's proven my presence deters crime. In the meantime, I'm human. The cold nights you sleep is the oath I keep. Dangers what we face. Back up over the ready one in the chase. Tunnel vision, no description, pressure on our shoulders to interact in fact, the lack of trust between us times change I see hope in your range big brother to that unknown kid stay true dream big look what I did if you understand my position I'll keep it a peace shipping disbelief since a kid I envision on being police shooting hoops with the kids giving a scoop, breaking the cycle I'm just like you motivation is good success is key but it starts with your me mm. yeah.
1: right okay, all
0: right <laughs> thes right there brother man
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Anytime when we start doing more stuff, we working on some stuff soon. We got it uh, booked for uh, Met Stadium. We're doing some stuff at Statue of Liberty. That's
0: coming up next month. So, yeah. we're talking, man. Yeah. And like I said, man, like, if there's anything I could do of anything we could do with the podcast to help with what you got going on, just holler at yeah, me, man. bro.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to definitely come back and, and um, you know, bring some other people that's doing some stuff just like, you know. That's what's sure. right? up. Yeah, we you can, can do a too. follow-up a podcast. Time. I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate you. Peace, too. Peace. All right.